Welcome, friend. It's time to hit pause on your busy day and enjoy the Sweet Sila Moments podcast. Let's ponder God's Word together and find the encouragement we need to work well and rest well. The Sweet Sila Moments podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sila Ministries. Welcome to episode 23 of the Sweet Selah Moments podcast. Today's episode is called The Narrow Way. We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount this fall season, and this is our last episode. We've discovered a lot about Jesus' heart and what he says is important. And it often does go against what we self-centered humans might think is best. (laughs) Sharon, looking back on this fall, what are some of the harder lessons you recall from this series? Oh, there were a lot. There were. (laughs) I think being happy when you are persecuted has to rank right up there. Mm. To consider it an honor to be different and look down upon because we follow Christ is hard for people pleasers, Mm. but it's really fitting um, that we should learn that and do it. Mm. So, but the narrow way says that I choose Christ even when it's unpopular. I think another hard one is to love enemies and turn the other cheek. Mm. My first response is normally to push back, and Jesus' teaching that I need to respond with love is so good and so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nicole? Oh, the anger. Anger boils up so quickly for me, um, and there is plenty to be angry about in our world right now. You know, that lack of justice really just, oh, yes. it's hard. <laughs> and I second the turn the cheek one. Again, so difficult, <laughs> but worth the effort to learn to do. You know, one of the things that has come across just about in every episode we've done together is Mm. that although God's ways seem hard, they are always right and lead to blessing. Mm, That's true. We've seen it over and over again. No matter how hard it is to obey, in the end, we see the beauty in it and acknowledge that the one who made us really does know best how we should live. (laughs) (laughs) So this last section of Jesus's famous sermon underlines that obedience to the narrow way Mm. is right. And it gives some warnings about being sure we're on it. So Nicole, why don't you start us off and we'll read a sweet Sela moment Mm. together reading God's word. All right. Matthew 7, 13 through 28, the narrow gate. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and it's a gate and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Mm. The tree and its fruit. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. (laughs) So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Mm. True disciples, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Building on a solid foundation. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. There's a lot here, as always. So why don't we just choose a few verses to dissect and talk about today from this chapter? What what verse or verses stood out to you and why? Um, The first section that stood out to me was the tree and the fruit section. Um, That first verse is pretty vivid um, in its description, and it grabs your attention. Uh, It brings to term that mind, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And here it says, a vicious wolf. So they appear harmless and the same as us, God's little flock of sheep. But these wolves, they're deadly. Um, A wolf in nature is only trying to kill sheep and um, get them away from their shepherd. And I think that um, in relation to people, they might try to sneak in saying the right words maybe or doing good deeds or good things like we read about earlier in this chapter. But they can't keep that disguise on forever. They can't keep pretending to be a sheep forever. Um, The list Jesus gives us in this sermon um, are all things we cannot do on our own strength. That's the crazy thing. We can't produce fruit on our own. We mm-hmm. need him to do these things that go against our sin nature. I will never naturally want to put others first. I just won't. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes into the second part of it, um, that we need to be on guard against these false prophets. They're not to be taken lightly, and we can identify them by their actions or fruits, which is helpful. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> they may say one thing, but how do they live? Um, This is a great reminder to me that if I want to be a good tree that produces good fruit, I need to be well planted in God's word, talking to God all throughout the day and meeting with other Christ followers who will encourage me to stay close to him. And that's the last verse that others will see I am his by the fruit in my life because they'll know this isn't anything I have done. (laughs) There you go. Yes. And there's always that fruit of the spirit that they can see in our lives, the love and joy and peace and patience. Mm. And and um, I think that's part of the fruit that's born out when we do yield to God. Yes. That isn't there, even with the people that are doing all these great miracles and stuff that Jesus said he never knew. Right. So, you know, I was always troubled by those people who did all those great things in Jesus' name, and then Jesus said he never knew them. Mm. Like, but but you healed. You, you cast out demons. You were yeah. doing all these things. Um, but then I really honed in on verse 23. So they tell Jesus that they prophesied in his name, and they even perform miracles. They Mm -hmm. sound like the real deal. But Jesus, in verse 23, says, I never knew you. Mm. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And the word that moves me there is the word knew, or to know. I never knew you, says Jesus. Mm. You know, it's sobering to realize, Nicole, that we can do things and even say we do them because we are Christian, but we can do them without knowing or following Jesus Mm. at all. That's scary. Isn't it? Yeah. But we can without knowing him at all. It brings me back to our Sweet Sela Ministry slogan, Mm -hmm. taking time to know God and love him more and more. We've Mm. got to know him first. Jesus says they actually broke God's laws. And if they didn't love and know him, they did. They broke the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is to love him. So even if they were doing the right things, Mm -hmm. and yes, it is right to cast demons out of people. Not that (laughs) I've ever done that, but it is right and good to do that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But Jesus said they still weren't obedient because they weren't Mm -hmm. obedient to the primary, which is knowing him, Mm -hmm. loving him, surrendering to him with all their hearts. It's not the stuff they did that impressed people. 
It's to love God with all their hearts. Mm. All their fancy actions and impressive stunts don't impress Jesus. If they weren't aligned with him in their hearts, listening to his spirit, doing his work in his way and in his timing, they were just plain wrong. Mm. In fact, they were using Christ's name for their own fancy ends, not for his glory. Mm. Yikes! No wonder Jesus said, get away from me. (laughs) Stop associating yourselves with my name when you don't even know who I am and you don't care what I want you to do. What the bottom line is, is we've got to know him and hear from him. We can't just kind of do the right things. We have to know the right one. Mm. And out of that comes doing the things that he wants us to do. All the things we do have to come from a place of listening and obedience to our Lord and Savior. We don't get to be in charge, Mm. even if we are doing fancy, fun, nice stuff. He's in charge. So therefore, (laughs) I have got to really listen to him in my quiet times. I want to obey him. I want to be known by him. First, we know him. Then we do the good deeds. It Mm. cannot be backwards, or we're doing the good deeds without even paying attention to what he is telling us to do. Right. So, wow. Those are my thoughts on that. I like that part. That's that's a good way to, uh, that makes more sense when you put it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's really scary. It's like, how do I know I'm saved? Right. And you're trying to, well, I think it's hard because when you do become saved, sometimes you get caught up in like the, some of the Christianese stuff and like do good works, do good things. But if you start it too soon on your own strength, just to appear that you've changed, yeah. it's not the whole purpose of that is to know God, like you said, the first thing, yes. love him and know him. Yes. And by loving and knowing him, the good deeds will naturally come out of you. <laughs> yes, and they'll be from him. And they'll come with the fruit of the Spirit, right. the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. Whereas good deeds done in our own strength, we're awfully irritated usually with other people right. because they're either not noticing we're doing them right. or they're not getting in line with us. You know? Yeah, so, it's true. And it's exhausting trying to produce them on your own. It is. We've all done it in our own yes, times. <laughs> exactly. So that's part of the fruit test too. Yeah. Is there the love there? Is there the joy there? Mm. Have we rested in God to the point that we're doing it in his in his power, his Holy Spirit power with that kind of fruit shows. That's a really good reminder and a heart check, you know. So let's see. The next verse that caught my eye was verse 25. Um, And it says, uh, Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. I just, I love that beautiful picture of stability. Yes. Of complete trust in the fact that your house will not fall down. (laughs) Um, I believe Jesus is using this as a reference to our lives and how um, we sturdily, we built our lives on either him or, you know, our own thoughts and stuff. And I just, I want that stability for my life. What's described in this verse with the rock, knowing that no matter what horrible storms or troubles get blown at me, I am safe and solid on Christ the rock and what he did for me. Yes. And how do I get that stability? Back in verse 24, um, by listening to his teachings and following it. So the teachings of Jesus that we just read in the last few episodes, all the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. We say it all the time, but I need the reminder, God's commands are for our good. We would be wise to follow and obey what the Bible says and build our lives on those truths. Oh, I so agree. And if we build (laughs) on anything else, we're set for collapse. I mean, who would build a house on shifting sand, right. you know? Have you ever seen um, those mudslide houses in California that are oh, halfway yeah. down the cliff? Those are incredible. Oh, my word, is so scary. It's terrifying. To see it. Yeah. Yes, or sinkholes. Mm. Oh, I don't like sinkholes. No. <laughs> I don't even like the thought of sinkholes. 
something very disconcerting about suddenly a hole opening in the earth yes, as you're driving around. Bam, you're in it. So where you build a house is important. Yeah. You want that rock under it. You want a foundation that's bedrock. Mm. And why would building our lives be any less important? Right. We have got to build on things that aren't going to just crumble underneath us, mm. like following the latest fad or... Oh, yeah. or um, believing a horoscope oh for crying out loud or <laughs> anything that is not solid ground it's just yeah. going to collapse underneath our oh, feet yeah. and we don't want that so so let's end this with a statement of jesus that is very controversial in this age and culture hmm. now we've <laughs> talked about those things but yeah. um this next one is the, the this next verse is a tricky one mm, in our is. culture today jesus says this you can enter god's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Mm. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Mm. I don't like that. I want everybody to choose the right way, and it is just not always the way it happens. I know. Jesus says you can enter only through the narrow gate. And if we believe, and we do, Mm. that God's word is true, and that what God says is true, then there's only one way to get there, and it's narrow. Mm-hmm. It just There's no other way in. Right. This is why Christians are passionate about sharing our faith. Mm, absolutely. There's only one way to heaven. It's through the saving work of Jesus Christ. It may not be popular, mm. but if you are a Christ follower, then you are kind of stuck with this truth. <laughs> you just are. Yeah. And that's why we need to share it. Yeah. Jesus repeats it in other places. Um, in John 10, he says, I'm the gate. Mm. There's one gate. I'm it. Um, In John 14, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, the way, the truth, the life. Mm -hmm. It's really inescapable. There really is a penalty for our sin. It's death. There really is a way out, and it's through receiving the gift Jesus gave us when he died in our place. Mm -hmm. That's the way it is. We want to be nice and say there are other ways, but if there really aren't other ways, that's not nice. We're doing a disservice by lying. We are. (laughs) Okay, so imagine with me, um, you and I are on a mountain, Mm. and we have been to the top of the mountain, and we're at a fork in the trail, Yeah. and we know that choice number one, (laughs) the narrow choice, looks briary, because it is, Mm -hmm. and looks steep, and it is, (laughs) and twisty and turny and dark. Mm-hmm. But we know that you're going to break through that in a little bit on trail number one, and you're going to end up on the top of the mountain with the most gorgeous view of mm-hmm. lakes and, you know, shiningness and rainbows, right. you know, <laughs> a beautiful place. So we know that's the way to go. Yeah. The other way is broad, mm-hmm. and it looks much easier. Mm-hmm. Also, it's lighter. And there are, let's make it even prettier, there are rhododendrons in full bloom <laughs> along this wide way. And no rocks. And no rocks, exactly. (laughs) But we know Mm. that at the end, or actually sort of before the trail ends, all of a sudden, there's been a mudslide. Mm. And the trail is gone, and you would plunge a thousand feet to your death. Oh, my. And you're coming around a corner, and then there it is. And many people have died going that way. Yeah. So when people meet us and they say, so which way do we go? Trail number one or trail number two? Mm. We say trail number one. Trust <laughs> us. Even though it looks hard, it is the one that's going to get you right. to the top. And when they say, well, we, we like the other way better. We choose it. We don't go, oh, well, go right ahead then. <laughs> there are many ways to the top. <laughs> right? 
Because there aren't. Because there isn't. <laughs> you will die on that one. You will die on that one. And if yeah. we really believe that, mm. then we don't just say, well, pardon us, go on, you know, right. way Enjoy number two. Walk. <laughs> we, we don't stop trying to convince them mm. that trail number one is the right path. Right. It just is. Oh, and that yeah. all the hardness that comes from having to submit to God mm. in the end brings you to a place of rainbows and blessing. <laughs> just does. So worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to just remember that when I'm talking to people. Mm. The passage might be hard, but it is not ambiguous. Mm. God tells us the way. We need to choose that way. The end. Yep. The way it is. So, or our story will end badly. Now, do I believe the people who um, have never heard of Jesus then are without hope? No, I do not. I know that he comes in visions to many people. Mm. I've heard story after story about how he has met people even in their last moments of life. That's amazing. One of the sweetest things that ever happened to me in my whole life was um, sitting with my mother-in-law mm. um, when she was dying, oh. literally dying, and um, her breathing had slowed, and the nurse told me it'd just be a couple more hours, mm. and I was holding her hand, and all of a sudden, she opened her eyes, and she looked at me, and she said, I think I just saw him. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And I said, Jesus, Mom, Mom, did you see Jesus? Yeah. And she looked at me, Nicole, and she said, merciful. Oh, my Merciful. God. That's, That's all she said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so... Um, incredible for yeah. me and such a comfort to me that if first peter five something i can't remember <laughs> the scripture um says that god is not willing that any should perish mm. but that all should come to him in repentance then i can trust that even in the last moments of life he can stop somebody on that wide trail before yeah. the cliffhanging oh, drop he's so good. you know he's so yeah. good that way and he says in romans 1 that even looking at creation yes. someone that says look at those stars someone must have made those stars mm. hello someone i don't know who you are but you <laughs> made the stars you know whatever absolutely that um that god can speak through creation too yeah. so i want to tell people about the lord and i do and i i believe there's one way but god is bigger than mm. anything we can imagine in terms of reaching anyone on the planet right. for himself. And so we can trust in that and not worry about it. So Yeah. It's I know not that. all on us. Exactly. <laughs> we, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I just mm. found in our script. It's Second Peter 3, 9. Oh, you had it. Yes. <laughs> what job. did I say? First Peter 5 something? something oh, that was embarrassing. Well, at least it was Peter. Second Peter <laughs> 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping oh, his yes. promise, as some understand slowness, and said he is patient with you, not mm. wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. His patience is so good. We, I'm not as patient with some people. If you're like, don't go on that path. It's it's death. Like, don't do it. It's hard to let them, if they just want to keep walking I on know. that wide path. I know. But God is patient, and he does have a plan, and sometimes yes. he will wait till they go down a little bit and scoop them And up. then scoop them back. Yep. yep. And that's where Jesus is saying, keep on asking. Yes. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking, like we talked about last week. Yeah. It's so important. You never stop praying. You mm. never stop praying for them, no matter how far down that wide path they are, mm -hmm. because nothing is impossible for God. His right. arm is not too short. No. I, I believe mid-fall down that cliff, 
Right? You can scoop them up. Yes, you can. Scoop them up anytime. (laughs) But the fact remains that we need to choose the narrow way, Mm. the way of persecution. Mm. You know, everybody that says, oh, the Christian life is all happy and smooth. No, it could land us in persecution someday. But with anything, though, anything that we work for or that's a struggle is so much more precious to us. And it's something of value. You don't struggle and work hard for something that's worthless. So I think that even like the narrow path versus the wide path, the narrow path is hard. It's not easy to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. We are countercultural in many different ways. We are strange people. We are strange (laughs) people. You know, we just don't always fit in. And God has called us to things that are very hard sometimes that seem difficult to do, but he gives us the strength to do them. And if we walk with him on that narrow path and climb over those big rocks sometimes and push through those bushes at the, at the top, it's so worth it. It is. And our our faith will be worth it because we've, we've worked hard with God for it, you know? Oh, amen. And you know, even, even along the way, there are vistas using our little trail thing, (laughs) you know, you climb over that rock and you're not at the top yet, but then it opens up and there's a stream of living water that refreshes you. With some blueberries. You can just sit for a minute (laughs) before you climb over your next rock. Exactly. He does, though. He gives us moments of of blessings. So so. we choose the hard way, Mm. and it is the right way, and it ends up the best way. And we never stop praying for those that are walking down that wide path ever, ever. So, whoa. Well, that was a full and challenging passage on which to end (laughs) the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Let's finish this podcast by looking at the last verse, verse 28. Mm. It says this, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. You know, I am not surprised that they were amazed no. because of the countercultural things he said. Yeah. He covered a lot of territory. He told them to walk the narrow way. He said some really hard things. Mm. But then he was also reassuring. He said, blessed are you who mourn. Mm. You will be comforted. And that peacemakers would be called children of God. So right in the middle was Mm. the stream with the blueberries, right? Right. (laughs) Um, In this whole Sermon of the Mount. I think that um, one of the things that made people amazed at Jesus' teaching was the confidence with what with which he talked in oh. those days it was more common for a rabbi to just ask questions and really? you know have people you know well what do you think yeah and what about this passage and there'd be a lot of questioning and teasing things out that way right jesus just said it there's one way i'm it right like, what and they're like well <laughs> that's different wow there's I didn't none know of that. this well rabbi who see what it says right. it's this, but I think if you look at this passage, there, there's, there was more pondering. Yeah. Jesus was God mm. in flesh, and so he didn't have to ponder. Right. He knew. He had absolute he authority. He knew. Yeah. He knew that those who mourn would be comforted. He mm. knew that stuff. And so the amazement in my thought came from um, the fact that he was that different and mm. that he taught, it says in scripture, he taught as one who had authority. Yeah. And he did. That's amazing. Which is why we need to reread and re-re-re-read the Sermon yes. of the Mount frequently <laughs> because it is chock full of God's truths to us. And, mm. and I love that about the Bible, Nicole. It, you don't read it once and shut the book and say you're done. No. There are layers and layers and layers that you can dig into and learn mm. that speak to your heart at different times. So Well, and he's good. He works on like one thing at a time with us because to take that whole sermon and try to do it all at once would just, we our heads would explode. It would. It would. <laughs> I cannot not be judgy and turn the other cheek and yes. I can't do all of that at once. So right. God is so good with me and he goes, okay 
today, let's talk about your judginess. Let's, yes. let's deal with yes. this. And then after we've conquered that, Nicole, let's talk about your anger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God, here we go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's a living word too, because, you know, if you and I in our quiet time reading come across it a year from now, right. a totally different passage might be the one that oh, God right. highlights for us because um, that particular verse is for that particular moment. Mm. So, but it's rich. It is. Every good. word that comes from the mouth of God is rich. Mm. And these are words that came from the mouth of God. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, we'd like to finish out this episode and this series on the Sermon on the Mount by rereading some of our favorites, <laughs> remembering all the wise and good words of our Lord Jesus. So Nicole, why don't you reread one of your favorites and tell us why, and then I'll do the same. All right. I really loved Matthew 5, verses 6 and 7. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's so good, especially in this world, knowing that justice (laughs) will be satisfied eventually. Not in my time and not how I think it should be served, which is probably good, because he knows what's (laughs) actually just. Uh, But just knowing that it's a good hope to cling to. And that... um, God will show me mercy so I can extend that to others as well. I love that. Mercy is, we need it. We do. Yeah. Those are beautiful verses. I I like those ones. Mine are a little odd, but I'll tell you after I've read them why these are favorites. (laughs) Matthew 5, 43 to 45. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Hmm. I love God's love. Hmm. He does send rain on good people and bad people. He continues to pour out love on unworthy people that don't even pay attention to him. Hmm. I am so in awe of that, that that is the God that loves me. And that he loves me when I'm loving my neighbor, and hating my enemy, although he doesn't want me to, and he loves <laughs> yeah. me when I'm loving my enemy. Yeah. And also the um, praying for enemies mm. part, I have found to be so true in my life that I can't help love it. Yeah. When I pray, and you've talked about this in a previous podcast, when I pray mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for someone that has hurt me, my heart softens toward them. Mm. And I remember that they are loved by God just as much as I am. And that he wants them to live out his purpose for their lives, just like he wants me to. And the greatest good I can give an enemy is to pray that they will live out God's purpose for their lives. Oh, absolutely. So it's a wonderful passage, and it, it shows so much about the way that God loves. So mm, that's my, that. what's your next one? Let's see, Matthew six thirty through 33. <clears throat> and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I just, those are great verses. They're amazing. Yes. You can trust him with everything. My clothes, my food, my thoughts, my everything. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And when you seek him first, everything else falls into place. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. Those should be like engraved on our foreheads or something. (laughs) (laughs) I think those are one of my favorites too. Mm -hmm. And then I love Matthew 7, 9 through 12. 
because it's funny and then it's serious, <laughs> I guess. And I just love that. Um, I love that humor that mm. comes from Jesus. That is fun to see yeah. that. <laughs> so anyways, you guys are wondering what it is. So here it is. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? <laughs> or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Mm. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Mm. And it's just such a sweet summary of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that we are to extend to others what we hope is extended to us. God extended grace and love and mercy and forgiveness to us. Mm. And who are we to deny that to others who are loved by him? Absolutely. In the same way. Yep. So. Okay, so let's just keep reading the Sermon on the Mount. Not, not necessarily in the podcast, <laughs> but in life, because Absolutely. it's beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. There's I'm so, so much in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's pray. Oh, Father God, thank you for the richness of your words. Help us as we ponder and reflect on all we've learned, Lord, to live out what you ask of us in these commands and in this sermon. And help us to nestle down with you, Lord, and be thankful that we don't need to worry or be anxious. You've got this. You are the good Father who gives good gifts. We adore you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We loved walking through the Sermon on the Mount with you, friends. Next week, we will, we will move on to holiday talk. We'll be talking about Thanksgiving and then do a Christmas study in December. We are looking forward to decking the halls with all of you in the days ahead and preparing our hearts as we celebrate God-made flesh, Jesus coming as a helpless baby. We'd love to hear from you. What were your favorite verses in the Sermon on the Mount? What stirred your heart from Jesus' words? Write and let us know at sweetsela.org slash podcast. We always appreciate your gifts as well. The gift of prayer is a rich blessing. The gift of financial help enables us to keep producing the podcasts. You can donate at sweetsela.org slash donate. We are looking forward to next week's episode, The Thankful Heart. We surely are thankful for each of you who join us each week. God bless you. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.